Good morning, uh, Merry Christmas, and welcome to our Christmas Day service here at Zion. It's a, a little bit unique service when we have our Christmas Day service because uh, it's just basically reading of Scripture and singing. And uh, one of the purposes of this service is to remind us of uh, really the flow of redemptive history. Um, sometimes we can, we can miss the forest for the sake of the trees, so to speak, and it's good in a service like this to uh, notice how God makes promises in the Old Testament and then brings them to fulfillment in the New Testament. And so whether we're young or old, whether we know a lot about the Christian faith or very little, uh, this is a service that is designed to ultimately point us to Christ, remind us that, that God made this promise hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and he in fulfilled that promise. And it is a, a message of great joy for all of us this morning. And so uh, you should have picked up a, an order of service when you came in. All the scripture readings are listed in there. All the hymns are listed in there. Uh, but that's what we're going to do this morning. Hear God's word, sing praise to him, and be reminded of the great gift that we celebrate this day, uh, which is the gift of his son. So please stand with me as we have a moment of silent prayer and prepare ourselves to worship the Lord. Let's bow before him. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together as we listen to your word, as we sing to you, Lord. May all of it honor and glorify you and may all of it bring comfort to our hearts as we think about the gift of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter one, you remember the familiar story. An angel comes to Joseph and he says these very simple words that Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Uh, we gather this morning to remember that and to celebrate that Jesus did come and he has saved us from all of our sins and God now greets us and so receive his greeting, grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from his Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our opening Christmas carol is number 299, Joy to the World, the Lord is Come. We'll sing stanzas one and four, and let's remain standing as we sing. Bible, you're welcome to turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, our first scripture reading comes from Genesis 3, verses 8 through 15. Uh, children, it's important to remember that the story of Christmas does not begin in the Gospels, it does not begin in the New Testament. It actually begins here in Genesis chapter 3 as God uh, makes a wonderful promise in spite of man's sin. God comes with a beautiful promise. Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? 
And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's what we know as the the mother promise, the very first promise of the gospel that God would send one who would deliver us, who would defeat our enemy. And uh, again, that's why we gather this morning to celebrate the fact that that event did happen. Jesus did come, and because of him, we have victory over sin and death. Our next song is number 313, Angels from the Realms of Glory. We're going to sing uh, stanza one and stanza five. We're not going to stand for all of the songs. We are going to stand for this one. I'll let you know when to stand and be seated. But we will stand for this one, stanzas one and five of 313. Genesis chapter 22 is our second reading, verses 15 through 18. Genesis chapter 22. As you uh, work your way through the, the Old Testament, you notice that God kind of slowly adds on more information, more bits and pieces about the coming of the Messiah. And, and here in Genesis 22, uh, we are reminded that it is through Abraham that, that God will bless his people. And so Genesis 22, verses 15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Uh, There is that promise that uh, God would save a multitude uh, as numerous as the the sand on the seashore, as numerous as the stars in the sky. And when you think about it, we are those grains of sand. We are those stars. God determined he would save us, and he did that through his son, we sing now uh, number 300, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. We'll sing stanzas one and four. And let's remain seated as we sing this time. Thank you. 
chapter 7 adds another piece to the puzzle, another part of God's promise. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Isaiah 7, beginning at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That uh, word, that title, we all know, Emmanuel means God with us. As I mentioned, um, I think yesterday morning, uh, it is not through us ascending to God that we are right with God. It is not by us ascending to God through our works, our efforts, our merits that we inherit eternal life. It is by God descending to us. And, and God did that in the person of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth and he lived a life we couldn't live. He died a death we should have died. He rose from the dead so that you and I would live. And that is the message that, that we proclaim, not only Christmas season, but, but all throughout the year. That is our hope. That is the good news. And I pray for all of us here this morning that we are trusting Christ, that we are embracing him, we are resting in him and what he has done for us in, in condescending, coming down to be with us so that we might be forever with him. We're going to respond to this reading by singing number 293, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Ransom Captive Israel. We'll sing stanzas 1, 2, and 3 again. Let's remain seated again as we sing.
reading this morning also comes from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Uh, This is one of those uh, passages we're typically very familiar with at Christmas season. It's a A wonderful reminder, for example, verse 7, that that Christ is the king over an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that will never be defeated, a kingdom that will never end. Uh, But I think that we back up to verse 6 and we notice two little words that we don't want to miss, and that are the two words, to us. To us, this child was given. Uh, To us, he was born. He came, in other words, to, again, deliver us. He came to give us hope. And, and we live in a, as verse 2 talks about, a very dark world. We live in a world of, of darkness and, and misery and depression and hopelessness. But we as Christians, certainly we don't have perfect lives. We, too, struggle with things. But we know today and we know all the days of our lives that this child was given for us. He was given for us so that we might not only have hope in this life, but, but also great hope in the life to come. And so again, as we, we think about the magnitude of this day, Christmas Day, we, we thank God that he gave us, us, this child, this son who was born. He was born to die, and he was born so that we might live. We respond now by singing number 305, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming, stanzas one, two, and three. And this time, let's stand as we sing.
Micah chapter 5 is our fifth reading this morning. Micah, one of the minor prophets. Micah chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 2. Again, another piece of the puzzle is added, and that is where the Savior will be born. Micah chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. This is the um, passage that I referenced yesterday morning. And one of the things, again, that at least stands out to me here is that, that God worked in his sovereignty and in his providence to take a, a nine-month pregnant woman 90 miles south to give birth. It, it, again, humanly speaking at the time, it, it wouldn't seem to make sense. It wouldn't seem to be possible. It, it looks, at least on the surface, that, uh-oh, this, this promise from Micah 5 is not going to be fulfilled because here is this pregnant woman. She's in Nazareth, and the child's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. But, but God uses Caesar. He uses Caesar's decree. Caesar doesn't know it. But he uses Caesar to move Joseph and Mary, 90 miles, so that this wonderful promise will be fulfilled. And again, as I said to you all yesterday, when you are tempted to doubt the promises of God, when you are tempted to wonder, will this work out, uh, you can know that God will work all things out for your good and for his glory. And he worked this out perfectly, not only to fulfill this promise, but also, as the end of this passage says, that he is our peace. That's a, that's a word we hear a lot at Christmas time, peace. It's a beautiful word. If, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Christ, you have a peace that passes all understanding. And, and in a sense, there are two pieces. There is subjective peace, and so you have within your heart a, a peace that the unbeliever does not know. That, that you know that, that your God is for you, not against you. You know that your God is with you. You know that your eternity is settled. And, and with that comes a, an internal peace that you really can't describe to someone who doesn't know Christ. But there's also, for you, Christian, an objective peace. God is no longer your enemy. And you are no longer God's enemy. You are no longer at enmity with him. Uh, he is now your father, and you have peace with him. And so let's take comfort and joy in that this morning, that, that no matter what may be going on in our world and, and no matter what may be going on in our own personal lives, that, that the greatest truth of the Christmas season is that Jesus came so that we might have peace with God. And, and that's what we rejoice in this morning. We now sing as a response, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We'll sing number 323, uh, stanzas 1 and 2, and please remain seated as we sing. Thank you. 
That concludes our reading through the Old Testament. A number of different readings reminding us about God's promises. In a moment, we're going to move into the New Testament. But before we do that, we're going to come before the Lord in prayer. And so let's bow together before him. Heavenly Father, we gather this morning again to rejoice and to celebrate the gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the miracle of Christmas when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We praise you for sending your Son and all that he did for us in order to accomplish our salvation and to give us eternal life. Lord, we thank you that not only are you a promise-making God, but that you are also a promise-keeping God. All the promises you made in the Old Testament, ones that we have read and others we have not read, promises starting with the promise of a Savior to deliver us from our sins, to crush the head of the serpent, Lord, we thank you today that you kept and fulfilled every one of those promises. Help us, Lord, to to realize that you are faithful, that you will never break your promises, you will never go back on your promises. Help us to remember that we can trust you. Help us, Lord, and strengthen us so that we might be lights of your gospel and grace in this dark world. Give us the courage to speak to others of the hope that we have, the hope that is ours in Jesus We thank you, Lord, for subjective peace, that flooding our hearts is a a wonderful peace that that passes all understanding, knowing that, that we are right with you. And we thank you for objective peace. We thank you that you are our God and Father and that you will never leave us or forsake us. We lift up any among us here today or among our friends and family who are suffering Lord, whether their struggle is is physical or emotional or spiritual, we pray that you would grant them strength to endure the trial. And again, Lord, give them your comfort and your peace. We we pray for the work of today's offering cause for interfaith ministries. We, We thank you for the work that they do. We pray that you would bless them with all that they stand in need of so that they might continue to minister the love of Christ to those who are in need. And we pray for the rest of this service, we pray for the rest of this day, that as we think about the the story of Christmas, and this morning especially as we move from the shadows of the Old Testament to the reality and fulfillment of the New Testament, that we would be strengthened and encouraged in our faith, that you would use your word to grow us, to comfort us, to remind us of your love for us, and that our love for you and our trust in you would grow. And Lord, as we lift our voices in praise to you, we pray that you would be honored and glorified. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We now give to Interfaith Ministries, and that offering will now be taken.
Thank you, Joanne. We move now from uh, the promise to the reality, to the fulfillment. Luke chapter 1, third book of the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Uh, We see that the the birth of Jesus here is foretold as an angel comes to uh, the Virgin Mary. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We um, make a mistake, I think, when we downplay the role of Mary we may be extremely moved to one side away from the Roman Catholic Church who elevates Mary to a position that the Bible never intends. And, and we tend to forget that this was a very godly young woman. This is a young woman who, if you read her song, her Magnificat later in Luke, knew the word of God very, very well as a teenager. Uh, She was uh, one who found favor with God, and she was an instrument that God used to bring our Savior into this world. So we don't want to forget the the vital role that this woman, this young woman, played. We also don't want to fail to forget what the angel says here, that nothing will be impossible with God. When when you start in in Genesis and you start to read the, the story that God lays out for us, and you see the sin and depravity of man, you almost say to yourself, is there any hope for us? Adam and Eve blow it. God's people just keep on blowing it all throughout the Old Testament. They fall into uh, idolatry, spiritual adultery, uh, great wickedness, and, and you wonder, is there any hope? But there is hope. And, and God did deliver on his promise to send Jesus. And, and nothing is impossible. Even the, the salvation of sinners like us, nothing is impossible with God. He sent one who is true man and true God to represent us, to, to bear the weight of God's anger against our sin so that we might be saved and we might be delivered. And so these simple words that the the angel says to Mary, nothing will be impossible with God, are a reminder to us of the greatness and the magnitude of our salvation. We sing now, respond with uh, number 319, O come all ye faithful, stanzas 1, 3, and 4, and let's uh, remain seated as we sing. Oh, Lord. 
Our next reading is from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll read verses 1 through 16. Um, I know that you, most of you anyway, heard this read yesterday morning, but you can't really have a Christmas service without reading the story of the birth of Jesus. So we're going to hear it again. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Uh, You might know that the the most repeated command in the Bible is do not fear. And I think that's because um, we all have a tendency to fear. We all have a tendency to be afraid. And there's a sense in which... um, We would be right to be afraid if we knew that we were going to stand before God on the basis of our own merits. If if you and I were to stand before him and present to him our resume of our good deeds, we should be very, very afraid. But the angels say here, do not be afraid, fear not, for now there is good news of, of great joy, and that is that a Savior has come. And he has made us through his life, death, and resurrection. He's made us right with God. And brothers and sisters, we have no reason to fear God because now he is our, again, our father. And we have that that relationship with him whereby we will never be brought under his judgment. And so we thank him today again for that gift. We sing praise to him by turning now to number 314. God rest you, merry gentlemen. We'll sing stanzas one, two, and three, and again remain seated as we sing. Thank you. 
eighth reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 1 through 12. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They departed to their own country by another way. One of the common reoccurrences in the Old Testament is the constant attempts of Satan to destroy the line of promise. Children, you know that that in the Old Testament, we've read some of this already this morning, that God made these great promises, and he he promised that he he would send Jesus, he would send a savior uh, through the, the line of Judah who would come and who would deliver his people. And when you read the Old Testament, you see all these uh, instances where Satan is trying to destroy that line so that Jesus can't come, so that God's promise will not be fulfilled. And it goes on and on and on all throughout the Old Testament and, and over and over again, God, of course, thwarts those plans Nothing will defeat the purposes and the plans and the promises of God. And then we come here to Matthew chapter 2, and it's the same. Herod, or Satan through Herod, desires to destroy Jesus, to devour this child again so that God's promise to save you can't happen. And God doesn't allow that to happen. God does not permit that to happen. Because again, nothing will defeat this wonderful promise. And, and Christian, maybe there are times you are wondering, am I going to make it to the end? Am I going to persevere? Am I going to endure? Will, will I be snatched from God's hand? And, and all of these instances in the Old Testament and, and also here in Matthew 2 should encourage you and, and remind you that no, no, nothing will defeat God's purpose and plan in your life. Nothing will separate you from his love. Nothing will snatch you from his hand. And so a a simple historical account of a wicked king trying to find a baby so that he can kill him is a reminder to us that God's plan for our lives will be fulfilled And and we need not worry that we will persevere to the end. He will preserve you and he will cause you to persevere to the end so that you will not fall away. We're going to sing now number 318, Angels We Have Heard on High. We'll sing all the stanzas and, and this time let's stand as we sing.
last scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John. Uh, John chapter 1, we'll read the first uh, 14 verses. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, where John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. If you ever read... um, Theology books, you, you notice that theologians like to use big words that simple people like us can't always understand. Two words that are often used by theologians, and I'm going to explain them to you, uh, and they're very important words found here in this passage. The first word is the word transcendence. What, what that means, children, is that, that Jesus Christ is majestic over all things. He transcends everything. There is no one like Jesus. He is the all-glorious, eternal Son of God, second person of the Trinity, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things. He is transcendent above all. Second word is the word imminence. And the word imminence refers to the fact that, that God, that Jesus is among us that he came down to us. As verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He he came down to us because that was the way he had to come to save us. And so yes, he is our transcendent Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, but he's also the one who came from the glories of heaven to the poverty of this earth, to, to be one of us, to be among us, yet without sin, so that we might be saved from our sin. And John tells us of that very sad truth that when Jesus came, his own people did not receive him. I talked about this last night, that his own people rejected him. His own people wanted to kill him. Maybe you sit here this morning as as a baptized, even maybe professing member of this church or another church, and, and you're a member of God's covenant people, but... In your heart of hearts, you know that you are living in rebellion against him and in unbelief. You may be here because it's expected of you. Uh, You're here because it's Christmas, and that's what we typically do on Christmas. But in your heart and in reality, you don't know Christ. You are rejecting him. Uh, You have heard this morning what God has to say about our Savior, about Jesus. And if you don't know him, if you're living your life in rebellion against him, what a wonderful thing it would be on Christmas Day to come to Jesus and to trust him and to know him as your Savior. And all of the promises that God gives to us in Scripture are yours, believer in Christ. They are yours. And so as we conclude our service in a few moments Uh, Let us all rejoice if we know Christ, that he has opened our hearts to believe the promise of the gospel. Whether we are young or old, he's given us life, he's given us grace and forgiveness. And and no matter what the world may, may take from us, no matter what the world may hold in the future for us as Christians, it can never take away the gift of our Savior. It can never take away the salvation that is ours in him. We're going to sing now number 311, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. 
glory to the newborn king. We'll sing uh, all three stanzas and let's stand as we sing. As our final song, as our doxology, we will sing uh, 315, Silent Night. We'll sing stanzas one and three. Stanza three, we will sing a cappella. I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Uh, Joanne, thank you for playing 11 songs today. We appreciate you and and all your work. And uh, before we sing the doxology, God gives to us his blessing. And so receive that blessing now. The love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.